Good vibrations, take one. You're listening to Good Vibrations, a Beach Boys music program, sponsored by Endless Summer This is Brian Wilson, and you're listening to Good Vibrations with David Beer. Hi, welcome to episode 31. <laughs> I'll explain this in just a moment. Now, if you listen to episode 30 with Mike D'Amico, you also probably noticed the Star Trek theme at the very beginning of that episode. This very specific reason, Nick Walusko was a huge Trekkie, very much into science fiction, not just Star Trek, but science fiction in general, loved everything 60s, whether it be animated cartoons or sci-fi shows, you name it. He just he grew, he grew up a child of the '60s, so he loved all that stuff. And uh, I became more aware of the fact that he loved all these different things uh, through the last two editions of Endless Summer Quarterly, the Winter 2019 edition, and uh, which features Nick on the cover. And then more recently, from a, a wonderful article written by Nick's uh, friend. Uh, John Canis, uh, which appears in the spring 2020 edition. And as I said at the in the last episode that had where I interviewed Mike, Mike's it was just an excerpt of Mike's uh, interview that appears in the winter 2019 edition. And I'm doing that again here. I'm sharing an excerpt from my interview with Probin Gregory. And many of you know Probin. He's he's one of the nicest human beings you could possibly meet. Um, he'd always be coming out and greet Brian Wilson fans at every Brian Wilson show. He'd always come out and say hi to the fans. He always made time for the fans, and 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 he uh, we will be again when 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 Brian picks up his tour. Um, I'm sure you'll have the opportunity to greet and meet Probin Gregory if you haven't already. Not only is Probin one of the nicest people I've ever had the opportunity to meet, he's one of the most versatile musicians. Uh, too, you know, you're. It's no mistake that the, all the different members who are in Brian's band um, are versatile musicians, meaning they can play more than one instrument. It's almost like the criteria to get in, and I, I'm starting to laugh here because I'm thinking about this. It's almost as though the criteria to get into Brian's band is you have to be a multi-instrumentalist, so you can go from maybe one side of the stage or another. But if you've ever been to a Brian show, or even the Beach Boys 2012 reunion tour. You, you, I don't know if you noticed because Probin is usually in the back to the left side. If you're looking at the stage up in the left side and he would play the French horn, he'd play the trumpet, he'd play the guitar. And then, of course, he had his little station set up with a uh, little mini, I don't know what he would call it. He told me and he actually showed it to me on stage one time back in 2011 at Chastain. And I can't remember what, electrotheremin maybe? But it was kind of a, a you know, a little uh, instrument, little piano looking instrument to replicate the theremin sound for if they play I Just Wasn't Made for These Times or Good Vibrations, you know that. So Proben does all that. I mean, he and <laughs> he's just, he's so much fun to talk to. We're going to get into this and you're just going to hear if you've never met Proben, 
you're definitely going to pick up on the vibe of the type of guy that he is. And he's so fun to talk to, even talking about Nick, which I'm going to show you and I'm sharing you today an excerpt of my interview with him that appears in the winter 2019 edition of Endless Summer Quarterly Magazine that, again, is dedicated to Nick Waluska, who is another wonderful human being. And... Um, and and you you picked up if you listened to episode thirty you picked up on a little bit of that and how much I personally miss him being with us. Um, and uh, today again we we get into some fun 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 surprises and pun intended because this is a really cool episode for the music that I have the opportunity to share with you today is just so cool and very surprising. Uh, Proben's going to get into some different topics here, but mostly. Um, the fun side of Nick, you know, we're going to talk about what a great musician he is. But this is this I'm this is a fun side of Nick that I'm really going to enjoy sharing with you because we're going to be playing some material you've never ever heard before. So let's get started. When you guys would perform Heroes and Villains in concert, Nick would change his voice. Some damn he'd be Jimmy Durante or Deputy Dog. Oh, uh, you mean for the you're under arrest? Yeah. That's exactly right. Nick would certainly change his voice to be any number of characters. He may not have been the best impressionist, but he certainly tried, and it was always hilarious when he would change his, yeah, exactly, Durante to um, to any of the, like, the 60s cartoon characters, you know, like there's that, what's the name of the dog? Deputy Dog. Kind of talks like this with his mouth. Oh, yeah, Droopy Dog? Or de- Droopy Dog, right, yeah. do Droopy Dog. That was my favorite, was the Droopy Dog. <laughs> well, you know that that sort of harks back to the when, when the Wondermans used to play shows. Um, not all the time, but every once in a while we do a show under the name the After Dinner Mints. Oh, and that band played almost exclusively old cartoon and television themes from the sixties and seventies. No kidding. No kidding. Yeah, it's too bad you weren't in L.A. Those were fun shows, I tell you. <laughs> so, to, okay, so this is the first I'm hearing about this. So, what? What? So, was it you, Mike D'Amico, and Darian, and Nick, or who? Who was in that right. group? That's right. And then we always had we had we would have a floating bassist. I mean, it, it, the bassist. It was Robbie Rist for a little while. It was. Uh, it ended up being, in the end, uh, the one that we now return to, when, if we ever have to do anything in the last 10 or 15 years, has been David Nolte, who um, who is a, an L.A. pop person. I've actually also toured with him on Art Lee and Love. Okay. Um, but, but who was the other bass player? Jim Mills was the bass player for a while. His pictures on the first album. I know, we, we had a revolving chair of the bass thing. was never quite got settled after Brian Cassan left around 1990, what was it, five or six, Brian Cassan left. He was the original Wonder Men's bass player. Okay, okay. And what, so how did you end up getting gig as the After Dinner Mints? I mean, I'm trying to... I don't to... know who would book that, but I think it was mainly that, that clubs would book the Wonder Mints and who they would get sometimes was the After Dinner Mints. <laughs> Even if they wanted the original music of the Wonder Mints, what they got was a... And people, I mean, the, the crowd always had a good time. Mm-hmm. I, I can't remember if we used to advertise it ahead of time or just show up and do the After Dinner Mints. Do you have an experience that you'd like to share that maybe was a recording where you were with Nick in the studio recording? It could be working on Brian Wilson stuff. It could be working on Wonderment stuff, What whatever it 
whatever it was and what you appreciated about Nick when it came to the recording process? Uh, yeah, I'll have two incidents. I'm trying to remember the name of the song. Um, there was, shoot, I, it was some Wonderman <coughs> song that we were doing around 1997 or so, and it was so, we, we had a sound that we, I was the, Nick was the main guitar player of the Wondermans, and I was the sort of auxiliary guitar player. So um, sometimes I get a little solo spot, but mostly it was it was Nick. And there was a sound that we wanted to get, and the only way to do it was for Nick to play the guitar and for me to sit on the floor and operate the, the foot pedals with my hands because things needed to be moved in a way that you couldn't do with your foot. So, so it was a dual part. Nick played, and I was the sort of technical engineer, what if you will. I was the effects guy. I moved the effects all around with my hands, and we worked on it for a while. We finally got a, a take that we liked of that. But that was fun, like being the, like the, it, the, the two guitarists in one <laughs> mm-hmm. thing. I wish I could remember the name of the song, because it, 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 I think it had some wah-wah elements in it, too. It might have been Knowing Me, Knowing You off of the covers album from 
And you're listening to Good Vibrations with David Beard. But the other thing I remember was that when we were in the studio with with uh, Brian, um, Nick was always extremely careful with his sounds. Like he got these pristine guitar sounds. And if I had the same guitar and the same amp, I couldn't do it. For instance, when we were when um, one time Nick was sick uh, a couple of years ago, and I we were doing Pet Sounds, and I had to go up and play the song Pet Sounds, which actually I refused to do when he died. I, I knew I couldn't make it do that. So in honor of Nick on this tour in August when we were still doing Pet Sounds, we had a one-week tour, and we agreed that we wouldn't play that song and that Paul Mertens would say to the audience, you know, we just lost our guitar player, Nick, and there is some song we cannot do without him, and this is one, Pet Sounds. And then they would have flowers at his station. They'd shine the spotlight at his station where his gear was all set up and he wasn't there and we would then skip over the song that we couldn't do and one of the reasons that we couldn't do it is that we had his guitar set up and as I'm saying years ago when he was sick his, I, I went to his jazz master guitar with his effects pedals his amp every every setting the way that he had it I couldn't make it sound like Nick no, I just didn't have it in my hands he had a touch he had a thing about getting certain guitar sounds and I, he was a master at that he was really good in the when we were I can't remember if it was the Gershwin record or the Disney record of the 2000s and he was you know you know changing you know the mid-range and getting the re reverb just one quarter tick over so it was just right I mean I pay attention to these things too but not to the extent that Nick did Nick was a he, he really knew his equipment and really knew how to fine-tune it to get particular sounds for instance, when we were working on Smile, there were a lot of different sounds going on there. And he and I would put our heads together and try to figure out how was that made. Was someone, like in the Cabinescence, if you listen to the backing track, there's some crazy stuff going on. And he and I would listen to the tapes and with, you know, the, like the backing track and figure and listen to it. And go, how does that, are you, are, are they, is the guitar player strumming the strings behind the nut up near the headstock or in behind the bridge where the whammy bar is, there's a certain kind of a clink, 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 kind of high, weird sound that you can get. And in a couple of instances, he found the sound and performed them on Smile because just from experimenting around and, and with the kind of things that they might have had, you know, instruments that they had at their disposal at that time in 1966 or seven. So... I don't know, maybe that was a very long-winded, uh, you wanted a short soundbite, and I just gave you... <laughs> no, 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 that was that was great. And you talked about my favorite Beach Boys recording, so I'm... <laughs> oh, which, which is that? Cat, cat, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I've always... That, 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 that song remains to me to be the greatest. Um, I remember it to this day, the first time I heard it, and how struck I was 
that it told so much in such a short period of time and it dealt with American history, I felt like I was listening to a painting. Yeah. So Yeah, I had the same feeling. The whole the idea about the, the, the uh who ran the iron horse and the meeting of the two railroads and the coolies working on the and even the image of the crow flying over the, the cornfield and with the with the banjo, it's so evocative. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just it's it's just uh, well, and the voices, the the voices uh, replicating the sound of the steam coming out of the the, the engine. That's right. Da, I, da, 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 yeah. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's just there's nothing quite like it. Uh, and, and if there is, I would love for someone to point me in the direction because I. <laughs> if there's something else quite like it, I would love to listen to it. Is there anything kind of from the road that just not necessarily on stage performing, but just kind of uh, a side of Nick that that maybe the fans wouldn't otherwise have the opportunity to appreciate? Uh, well, okay, sure. I'll tell you that um, <clears throat> on the, the, the tour bus, uh, Nick was known to come alive when it got to be a certain hour, like pretty late in the night. In fact, we, we refer to this phenomenon as making reference to the uh, television show. We, we call it Nick at Night. <laughs> okay, yes. Nick at Night would usually happen about midnight or after, whoever would still happen to be awake in the tour bus, he would, not every night, but he would sometimes get on a roll where he would just start riffing on everything. He was he was very intelligent, and he knew quantum physics, and his, he knew the, 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 the elemental table. If you named any of the, you know, if you named copper, he could give you the, you know, whatever the copper is, you know, CBU2, whatever the letter and alphabetical designation for any element is, he would know it just off the top of his head. He was also, he, he, if he had, once in a while he'd, he'd drink a little bit. He never got really drunk, but he would sort of test his drunkenness by saying, oh, I feel a little tipsy. I better, I better see if my brain is working. I will recite pi, you know, the, what, what is pi? The, 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 the circumference of the circle, you'll have to look that up. It, it's some mathematical, you know, equation. But it's but it's a certain thing, like 3.14, I forget the rest, 529, it goes on and on. It's a, it's a certain number. He would know it. He would start reciting it to 50 places. And, you know, once in a while we get out the computer, he, he was right. At the 50th place, he was still correct. You know, 3.1429567823. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So, and he'd also, he's also very funny when he would be this Nick at night. He would refer to many pop cultural references, uh, especially if it had to do with the 1960s, which it would, he was, that was a particular favorite of his. Any cartoon or, or television show, he would know the, the theme or be able to tell you the name of the characters in any of these. I don't know. He just Nick at night. You, you, what, it was hard to get him to stop. He was just he was like a one man. He was like a one man act. He would just be, keep on going, and it, you know you could you could bounce things off him and keep him going. Nelson used to be a, a, a big one with that. The, the two of them would be up front, sort of riffing off each other. I did it for a while, but I would only I could only last so long, and then I would have to re retreat to my bunk. <laughs> it was just too much for me. The, the <laughs> naked night. But he's hilarious. 
he also came up with something. I think he and Scott Bennett were the ones that started um, uh, the mashups, where we would we would have band names. Um, this is also could be part of the Nick at Night phenomenon. You know, you try to think of um, two cars, two, two band names that could be put together, like the Police Cars. Mm-hmm. And the cars, mm-hmm. and the police, the police cars, and then you'd sing a song that would be like either a police song sung in the style of the cars, or a car song done in a sting way, or, or for instance, the name, the, the band Duran Duran. Then of course there's Jimmy Dur- Durante. So we, he came, Nick came up with Duranti Duranti. <laughs> so he'd do, he'd do hungry like the wolf, hungry like the wolf, or her <laughs> name was real. He he was great at those. Just a castaway, I am lost at sea. Uh oh, another lonely day. No one here but me. Oh, she's always dancing down the street with a sweet blue eyes.
Hi, this is Al Jardine of the Beach Boys, and you're listening to Good Vibrations with David Beard. Well, his great musicianship, too. He, he knew a lot of fancy guitar chords. He would, here's the thing. as from He and I were the two guitar players in the Brian Wilson Band for many years, and it got to the point where when we had to learn a new song, we didn't even need, we really barely even needed to touch bass. He knew that he was, his, his style was that he would be doing I don't even know how to describe the, the, the two different styles, but I would be the one doing the little, like, high sort of chink, 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 and he'd do the sort of the Chuck Berry lower sort of power fifth thing where you go, do, 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 He was better at that. So we just knew if there's a new song and had those elements in it, I was doing the high chinks and he was doing the low sort of chugging along, as I call it. Okay. And uh, we just knew each other's styles to the point where, even on a, a Wonderman song, if he would come up with something, a guitar part, that was great. That was his part, and I would come up with something. Or sometimes, very occasionally, we would switch, or or I would embellish on his gu- guitar part. Very inventive player, and you know, he would, when he heard a '60s song, he could play it right away. He 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 knew how to his he could. Sound-wise, too, he could get those sounds.
Sounds like Nick is channeling Jim Morrison there. At least to me it does. Nick wrote and recited that. So uh, I just wanted to share it to you. That comes courtesy John Canis, who I mentioned earlier. He wrote the wonderful 10,000-plus word article that appears in the spring 2020 edition of Endless Summer Quarterly Magazine. And, of course, that's preceded by my interview with Brian. And the last part of Brian's interview is about Nick. So it leads right into John's article beautifully. And the winter 2019 edition, uh, of which this excerpt of Probin's interview appears in its entirety in printed form, um, along with interviews with Mike D'Amico, Paul Von Mertens, Bob Lizick, Todd Zuckerman, Jeffrey Foskett, Nelson Bragg, Mark London, Gary Griffin, Scott Bennett, and Andy Paley. So I do recommend, if you're not a subscriber to Endless Summer Quarterly, that's fine. But go over to esquarterly.com. Click on the ESQ store button at the top right-hand corner, and you'll see those editions pop right up. Nick's on the cover of the 2019 editions, just him on stage playing the guitar with that really wonderful signature of his on the cover. And then the new Spring 2020 cover is Brian, and Nick's over there to the left side in the shadows. In fact, John's article is called The Shadow of Your Smile, Nick Walusko and the Amazing Three, aptly named. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Good Vibrations Beach Boys program. The upcoming episodes will feature Beach Boys music. We are going to be getting back on track with that. But I really felt it appropriate and timely and uh, perfect to include two different episodes about Nick and tribute, you know, and and giving tribute to him. Um, I, I feel, even though I knew Nick through the years, I feel as though still he was just really an acquaintance of mine. I didn't really feel as though I knew him personally, but if you spoke to him, if you've ever met him, just like when you talk and speak to Proben, he made you feel as though you were a friend. And he was just so good at connecting on really any subject whatsoever, but particularly music. I enjoyed my conversations with Nick about the Beatles. If I'd known he was a Moody Blues fan, (laughs) we would have had that conversation too. Before I forget, I'd also like to thank Scott Bennett for providing those wonderful band mashups of The Police Cars and 38 Specials. It really made this show really wonderful. Thanks, Scott, and thank you for listening. See you real soon in episode 32. Stay safe and healthy.